Welcome to Youthology Live. And this week we are talking about agreeing to disagree. <laughs> right, listen, at some point in our life, we have to recognize that our growth in Christianity and discipleship is not about speaking in tongues or prophecy or understanding mysteries and knowledge or having faith to do miracles or even helping the poor. No, our growth in Christianity and discipleship is about love and relationship. Everything else is secondary and supplemental, but love and relationship is primary. <laughs> Listen, given this moment that we are in, in the 21st century America, how do we navigate disagreements? How do we navigate cancel culture? Listen, we've not been doing a very good job of this. So I wanna give you two mindsets or two approaches for handling disagreement. Listen, I don't think any of us have attained handling disagreement, but I think these two approaches will help you tremendously. The first approach is a theological mindset. And the second approach is a relational mindset. Listen, the two are inseparable. I see it as truth and grace. Truth, the theological, grace, the relational. Grace and truth. We cannot have one without the other, okay? So listen, let's use maybe the most divisive conversation uh, of our day to illustrate how to agree to disagree. Can we do that? And using these mindsets, I wanna illustrate how to go about agreement, okay? Let's talk about the conversation on sex and sexuality. How do we agree to disagree in this area? Let's begin with the relational mindset. This is the grace and the love in the conversation. So I believe the scriptures are clear about gender, marriage, and sex. Somebody else may differ with me, right? But I believe that gender, uh, that God created the sanctity of gender as male and female. Now I realize some will say gender and sex are dissimilar, but I'm gonna, you'll see where I'm going with this, okay? The sanctity of gender is male and female. Second, marriage. I believe that God ordained the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman, okay? And the third is sex, that God commanded passionate sex within marriage between a man and a woman. So gender, marriage, and sex. Okay, I take this from, personally, from uh, Moses in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, from David and Solomon in the wisdom literature of Psalms and Proverbs and the Song of Solomon, of Jesus in Matthew 5, 15, and 19, from Paul in Romans and other texts in the New Testament, from Jude in the book of Jude, and I take it from John in the Revelation. Now, we'll break those down and blog those out, but specifically, that's because, listen, somebody may not agree with me for various reasons, but my interpretation of those scriptures sets my ethic. Culture doesn't, right? 
And if we disagree, it doesn't mean that I cannot be in relationship with somebody or speak kindly to somebody or welcome them into my circles, okay? But too often we jump to anger or we jump to broken relationships over our beliefs. Listen, Jesus was a master at sitting with the sinners and being cozy with the crooks. Jesus did not compromise his principles for the people though. Listen, understand even in the argument in those scriptures that there implies a moral code of right and wrong, that there is a savior and there are sinners. Okay, so there must be as in Jesus' day, savior and sinners, today there must be a savior and sinners. But it doesn't mean that we treat somebody any different because they disagree with my right or wrong, okay? Listen, the whole world works on principles and codes, doesn't it? Whether civil or spiritual, cultural or scriptural, but we need to remove the anger or the canceling that exists between those who disagree, okay? We do not have to shed our truth at the door of relationship. We do not have to shed our truth at the door of relationship. Love values relationship without throwing, okay, throwing out the regulations. Love values people without throwing out the principles. Love values friendships without having to win arguments. Listen, people do not have to behave in order to belong. There's this tension uh, between the church and the unchurched. It's a tension that must be dealt with though, first by the church. There's no expectation that the unchurched have to solve this problem. We have to solve this problem. I'm beginning with us. People do not have to behave in order to belong got to get that set, right? Um, listen, if the devil can steal love, the devil will steal relationships. And if he steals relationships, we lose the, confer the, the conversation, okay? If the devil steals love, he steals relationships. And if he steals relationships, we lose the conversation. Okay, listen, agreeing to disagree. Let me talk about the second mindset or approach uh, in, in solving these disagreements. And that's the theological mindset. Th let, me, let me end with this thought. We need a theological approach of truth toward the sexual revolution. This is the pattern of Christ. Yes, he sat with sinners and was cozy with the crooks, but he was very clear, defining the kingdom of God. Very clear. Uh, as I said earlier, I draw my ethic from uh, the scriptures, not from culture. Culture is changing. Scriptures, are, the scriptures are unchanging. Okay. And barring the difference in how we view these and interpret these, as I said, I believe that God created gender the sanctity of gender as a male and a female, binary sex, binary gender, right? I believe that God um, commanded the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman. 
okay? And then finally, three, sex, that God celebrates passionate sex with marriage between a man and a woman. So gender, marriage, and sex. I've laid that out, right? That's my theological ethic. I take that from Moses in, Gen in Genesis 1 through 3, David and Solomon in the, in, the, uh, in the wisdom literature of Psalms and Proverbs in the Song of Solomon, Jesus in Matthew 5, 15, and 19, Paul in Romans and several other texts, Jude in the book of Jude, just four verses, wow, so powerful, Jude 6 through 9, and then John in, in the Revelation. Listen, I've built my beliefs on a biblical base. It's my ethic, not an emotion. I've built my belief on the scriptures and not a culture. I've built them on the scriptures because that's unchanging. Culture is changing. I've built that ethic on faith and not feelings. That's how we have to solve this agreeing to disagree. Listen, maybe you've heard about what's going on with Oral Roberts University uh, being asked this call for them to be pulled from the NCAA basketball tournament because of their student code of conduct and their stance on homosexuality and other LGBTQ plus you know, relationships, uh, codes that they have about those uh, relationships and that ethic. So is this where we've got to, gotten today? Is this where our society is going now? Removing people from athletic competition because of a stance on human sexuality. Or are we removing people from political office or canceling people who disagree with any number of moral topics? Where is the civility? Okay, where is the civility in the conversation? So the new normal is I will tolerate you as long as you believe the same way I do. But if you don't believe the same way I do, then you are less of a person, right? You, you are not as smart as me. Listen, this is what happens when you remove absolutes from a society. Where there are no absolutes, people end up trying to create their own, okay? If you don't have a set principle or absolute framework, right? People will create their own, which really means that um, we end up with this mul with multiple frameworks and multiple codes because really all that is is people trying to break out of a box, a set of enforced standards, right? You've heard that, don't put me in a box. They break out of a box, which is a set of enforced standards. But you know what you end up doing? You create your own box <laughs> or your own standards and we raise those above somebody else's. So is ORU being judged because this is an evangelical university with a more strict code of conduct on student sexuality? What about many other colleges and universities, uh, Christian colleges and universities that have these same similar codes? The University of Notre Dame, okay? I know there are varying differences in colleges and universities accepting applications from LGBTQ plus students and their commitment to chastity. Okay, I'm familiar with this, I've, I've read this. For example, the, the University of Notre Dame accepts LGBTQ plus students, but they have a clear requirement for chastity. 
okay? Actually, for every student, and not just the LGBTQ plus student. I, I can I, uh, I can quote it from their student handbook, okay? Uh, pretty closely. It says something like, student affairs works to foster student growth as everyone strives to live the challenging, even beautiful and life-giving call to chastity. Yeah, so they go on to say, student affairs neither condones nor supports sexual activity outside the marital relationship or any other sexual activities that close, uh, you know, the sexual act um, to the gift of life, okay? Uh, the, the Catholic stance. This is not a perfect statement, but they've illustrated what I'm asking us to practice as a church, the relational power of agreeing to disagree, of not having to behave to belong outside of normal conduct code, civility, and principles. Listen, and that begins by having this relational mindset, the value of relations, and a theological mindset, the value of the scriptures. A relational mindset that is centered around love and grace. And a theological mindset that is centered around truth and principle. The two are inseparable. King and queen in relationships. Truth and grace, that's what Paul said. Listen, we must be careful of winning arguments and losing relationships. And losing relationships because we have the wrong argument. At some point in our life, we have to recognize that our growth in Christianity and discipleship is not about speaking in tongues and prophecy and understanding mysteries and all knowledge or having faith to do miracles or even helping out the poor. No, our growth in Christianity and discipleship is about love. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is supplemental. But love is the primary. That is the greatest responsibility for relationship between the church and the world, okay? The unchurched.